this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. And our goal around here is to encourage you. So if we are, will you let us know? If we're not, will you let us know? If there's some subject that you'd like for us to touch on, we'd be glad to embrace that. Um, yes, I talked about freezer food one day. I'm not sure that was interesting to anyone but me, but I plan these shows uh, we plan them as a ministry to continue what we've done for 30 years, and that is encourage women in the four areas that they will always be, who they are as a woman, who they are as a wife, who they are as a mother, and who they are as a homemaker. And I often say this, but two of those jobs belong to all of us. If you've been married or are married, three of those jobs. And if you're married and have children, I don't care if they're old or young, uh, married and have children of their own, you're still a mother. And so we try to keep those four main ingredients circulating. And we've been talking now off and on for the last six or seven weeks, spotting in and out uh, from Edith Schaefer's book, What is a Family? Um, if you didn't get in on the early conversation about that book and Francis and Edith Schaefer, I would encourage you to look into it. Edith Schaefer was one of those rare birds. Thinking about the show we just did a couple of days ago on repentance and forgiveness and healing and hurting. Uh, she, I think she came out of the womb a healer. I, I do. And I think some of that does have to do with personality styles, but she kept her focus on the family, that the family unit was represented many things and that it was our uh, responsibility to be that to our children. She talked about it being the tower of truth, where they learn truth and the, and the place of education. We've talked about those. If you haven't heard those shows, you might want to go back to a series that we've been doing called What is a Family? And so today I want to talk to you out of Matthew 23, some things that are not to be in a home and what is to be, and that's like the broad brushstrokes, sincere and real, sincere and real. I have been asked this question many times in a Q&A, many times, because we've taught for so many years on so many things and so many words and written so many books about this subject. So they always want me to distill it. Like, okay, what's the most important thing a home should be? And maybe we should have started this series with this lesson, and it would be a one-word answer, and it would be one word and close the show. What's the most important thing? Authenticity. Authenticity. Who are you? Who are you now? Who are you moving into? Who are you growing into? What has God done in you in the past, in the present? And what are you sure of he'll do in the future? Our children need to see that, feel that, hear that, learn that, practice that. So what is a family? Well, it's, it's authentic. It's sincere and real. And what gets in the way of that is often image, which produces hypocrisy and duplicity. 
the environment of a home that is filled with hypocrisy. In Matthew 23, Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, verses 1 through 3, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it. But do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up a heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. Ever have anybody do that to you? Ever be in a situation where hypocrisy and duplicity, one thing was lived out, one thing was said? That is, that is so hard on children because they don't understand it. They don't understand it. Someone has gone so far as saying that this is a form of child abuse. I, it, that's a very strong word, abuse, and our culture has taken it, I think, rather lightly these days. But I do know this, that in my own life, my father's hypocrisy about truth-telling and lies really affected me. And I didn't even get it until I was much older. So my father said, thou shalt not lie to me. <laughs> and here's how you lie to everybody else. Oh, that my poor little brain did not know how to do that. Now, I have to say to you in some ways, I grew up thinking later when I discovered that hypocrisy, that it was difficult for me because what happened then is I, my trust lens was broken, okay, at least shattered and cracked. But there was a part of it that my father was at least honest. I mean, not defending his behavior, do not misunderstand. But at least he said it clearly. Don't lie to me, but lie to everybody else. Instead of doing it, you know, don't tell a lie and then tell the police officer mommy was doing this because because that's what we do. Now, we all have hypocrisy in us. We all have duplicity in us. I'm just asking you to be conscious of the fact that if there's an essence of it in your life, in your raising of the children, in your marriage relationship, in your own personal behavior, be aware of it. It is not a good thing for a home and it is the opposite of authenticity and sincerity. Not paying attention to your own weaknesses is part of what hypocrisy looks like. Instead of saying, this is where I fail, this is where I fall down, this, I'm glossing it over, I'm, don't hit your brother, don't raise your voice while mommy's shouting at daddy. I mean, it seems quite simple, but we live in it. We live in it and we breathe in it. In the same chapter, in Matthew 23, uh, verses 16, I think through 18, Woe to you blind guides who say, Whoever swears by the sanctuary is bound by nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the sanctuary is bound by the oath. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold of the sanctuary that has made the gold sacred? And you say, whoever swears by the altar is bound by nothing, but whoever swears by the gift that is on the altar is bound by the oath. So don't, don't gloss over it. Uh, don't, uh, don't put things ahead of the importance of being authentic. Don't major on the minors, I think, would probably be the best way to say it. In this same chapter, he says, chapter 23, again, verse 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, 
for you tithe. Mint, dill, and cumin have neglected the weighter matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. If these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. You blind guys, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Instead of planting a bottle of wine, you bring your spices. Instead, uh, the host weighs the spices and says, I'll give a little tithe on that. They miss altogether the justice and mercy and faithfulness in the small things. So be sure that you're not doing that in your own family. In, in Old Testament times, or New Testament times, the grapes were put in hollow stone containers and a faucet was put in them to plug it. The grapes were trampled with their feet. You've seen that movies with people doing the dancing on the grapes. They unplug it to put in fresh goatskins. They ferment the wine. They strain the wine. And the camel steps into the Palestinian house and into a glass. No one sees it. We just swallow the camel. It's such an interesting passage to understand what they're talking about, the wine and the gnat and the whole camel. But what they're talking about is majoring on the minors. Don't don't worry about the minor things. Don't spend all of your time in the minor thing. And most of us do that because of image. Most of us do that because of duplicity or hypocrisy. Most of us do that because it's easier just easier. It's easier to talk about this tiny little thing. It's easier to beat your husband over the head over some small thing. It's easier to correct your child. I've told this story many times about my own child, but I've heard this story repeated from mothers for 30 years. Oh, it's so much easier to discipline in the small things. But when a big philosophical subject, and mine was forgiveness with my daughter, teaching her that was grueling. Oh, that's the only word I can think about it. And, and she's 50 years old. I still remember it. That's how grueling it was. So don't major on the minors. Major on the majors. And lastly, make time for yourself. Make time for your own heart. Matthew 23, 25, and 26, he tells us that we are to confess ourselves, beg for daily help, clean out our own cup, Make sure that it's just not appearances in front of your children. Make sure that what you are saying speaks to your children, speaks to your children. Not you speaking to your children, but what you are saying speaks to your children. We had a lovely woman who worked in the ministry for many years, and I'll never forget when she would say, that she would tell us how she was raising her children. She had four children, and um, she would say, before they got out of the car, on the way to school, she would always say, in our house, we do what? And they would say this attribute. And I asked her one day, how, how easy is that? She said, oh, it took a very long time to train the children. But we recognized that we were wanting that to infiltrate every part of their life. So saying it every day, and then she called her husband by name. My husband and I are trying to live it out ourselves. And she laughed to me and said, really, I think sometimes the reason why we say it is we leave them every day is to remind ourselves. And I say, like the Proverbs, guard your heart for in it dwell the wellsprings of your life and present that to your children. Not duplicity, 
not hypocrisy, but authenticity, sincerity, and reality. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. We're glad you joined us, and we're glad to be talking to you about what is a family. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day in practicing authenticity. Thank you.